Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey friends, welcome to Tennis and Bagels. I'm Andre, and uh, this week we have the Doha 1000 um, event and the WTA side. And I think something really interesting happened this week. And yes, uh, Karolina Pliskova has done an amazing thing about like reaching the semifinals. She unfortunately retired today as I speak, uh, leaving Igor Fiantek into the final. Um, but yeah, she did uh, that amazing run where she won, I think, like nine matches in a row and in two different continents, uh, winning even eight matches in eight days, which is pretty impressive. Um, so she, she's doing a great run. But her last match, that's the one that I really kind of want to touch on, which is from the match that she beat Naomi Osaka, um, I think in two tie breaks. Um, let me check this one out. Yes, in two tie breaks of 7-6, 8-6, and 7-6, 7-5, or the point it is, I believe that she had a few uh, set points even. Can't quite sure, be quite sure if she served for any of those sets. I don't remember exactly what happened. But that's not really important. The match isn't necessarily what I want to touch on is the fact that Naomi Osaka has been playing really good tennis this week. Uh, she has progressed pretty rapidly from her return uh, in Australia. I've uh, talked about this in uh, on, on Twitter. I just tweeted this a few a uh, few times. Um, but she's been playing some really good tennis um, and she's been moving considerably better, returning considerably better. Um, her ranking is... Well, I'm not necessarily saying skyrocketing is not that um, difficult, I would say, if you do a deep run to like really push your ranking up. Although it's really good to have a deep run, it's something that we sort of expect her to, to, to do, uh, especially now, I think. Um, but that's really what I want to say is that um, it's good that after really all that she's been through um, and 
having a child as well uh now coming back to tennis we really wanted to see like how was she going to play she didn't really disappoint in australia we all knew that she wasn't going to come out of the gates firing and winning a grand slam right off the bat um this did happen a few times like where players just kind of came back and had like amazing runs um but that's it was it's always expected to have some rust um but i feel like she's just she's taking it off really really nicely uh, at 26 years old i think she's in a really good um, time of her life right now to be coming back on tour she didn't lose much in terms of age she's still pretty young um and she's hitting extremely hard right now she's serving well um her serve is basically the one thing that you know kept her like in a few of these matches specifically probably this one against Pliskova. she's been returning better Pliskova is a big server so it makes it hard and she was running on a lot of confidence so it does make sense that Osaka didn't play um that match and you know she couldn't really find the answer but 7-6 7-6 score is really close and 8-6 tiebreak is really close so it's definitely something that you know should give her confidence going on into the future um but even if the match itself wasn't necessarily like a great quality for her even if she hadn't played as good tennis as um she I believe she's playing. Um, somebody made a comment on on a video on YouTube on the WTA side um, about like her movement is better, uh, the return is better, the usage of the forehand and top spin is better. Um, I think particularly her return and her movement have made considerable uh, changes and differences, is like a lot more match fit. Um, so yeah, her tennis is, is good. But even if she if she if she wasn't, I think that the best thing about her right now is that her mood is great i think i think naomi osaka's mood on court is amazing i think that was basically like my biggest um concern when she was coming back and she said she's coming back uh was how is she going to feel because that's basically the one thing that really made her uh i guess quit tennis for a while take a little bit break uh well basically a year and a half break or something um and um, she was just, she was unhappy on tour. She just didn't want to do interviews. She hated being on court. I feel like she wasn't dealing with the pressure as well. I think that she said that something about this at some point. But yeah, like looking back on uh, her and seeing her being back now, I think that's the biggest striking difference is how more comfortable she is playing tennis. She's comfortable. She looks like she wants to do well. She wants to win. And she's enjoying the moment. I think enjoying the moment for her is like, the most important thing right now. Attendance is going to come. I don't think that she lost it. I think she, as I said, is still young. So the tennis is going to come, but her mind needed to be in a good place for this to happen. And I think it is right now. Uh, you see her laughing. You see her doing interviews and being happy to be there. Um, she even left a smile, I believe, like when she was a match point down or something. Uh, when uh, At some point, like during the match against Pliskova, she she let uh, uh, some emotion out, like just with, is smiling and not just the awful body language that she was showing um, when she lost at, at that U.S. Open and even against Leila Fernandez in the U.S. Open back in 2021, which is like really putting the towel like in front of her face. She didn't look happy. She looked like absolutely miserable on court. And now she's looking great. She is looking like she's full of energy um, emotionally, mentally. And I think that's probably the most important thing for her right now. And I think we can see the results about like how she's like being diligent about like her, her playing style and about like evolving in her tennis. She's now back inside the top 300. She jumped 215 positions, um, with the Doha quarterfinal, uh, result. 
Uh, she's not playing in Dubai, but that's okay. Like, I think that she's got some protector ranking entries still. Um, and, you know, she's also got a family that she loves. And I think that's perfect for, for tennis players. So many, that, so many of them kind of are able to get their minds out of tennis a little bit once they get home and, uh, you know, have somebody, something else to care for a bigger purpose. Uh, it's not unheard of. It's actually, you know, something that basically all the players have talked about. Even they still love the sport, of course, like they kind of love something else. And that's great. I think that's kind of great for her to be able to take her hat off of tennis for a second and, you know, focus on something else. I think there's a really great balance for her. But yeah, she's reached the Doha quarterfinals as a big result. I feel like she could have. She had, she had really good chances of reaching that semifinal. I really kind of wish that she did, though, uh, because, well, obviously, Pliskova really deserved that win. Uh, if she unfortunately couldn't play against Fiontech, that would have been probably a good match if she was playing at the level that she was and she wasn't suffering for so much exhaustion, which unfortunately she did because otherwise she wouldn't have retired. Um, but Osaka playing Fiontech would have been really good, I think, for all of us to see like where is um, Osaka's tennis right now compared to the elite of the game right now because since the comeback Osaka has finally managed to win um, two matches in a row since 2022 when in Miami and also in Miami that's when Osaka had gotten her first um, or her last um, top 30 win before this season so she just recently I don't I don't remember exactly who she beat but she got a top uh, a top 30 win and um, yeah, that's a really good marquee of like saying like at least her level seems to be around that area, top 50, top 30. But is it top 10? Probably not exactly. Uh, but um, is it going to be in the top 10 level still this year? I don't know. It's tough to say, but um, I think she can maybe um, get up to top 50 in the world, top 30. Uh, I think my prediction would be that she reaches top 30 in the world in 2024. I don't think she's going to go up. Uh, back into the top 10 uh, or even uh, maybe the top 20 I think it's is is hard work um, the entire top 10 is playing extremely physical tennis extremely um, well right now they don't really miss that many shots they they push each other extremely hard and uh, that's um, an environment that Naomi Osaka is kind of lacking right now so because of just you know all the break that she took and the time off um, so the other thing is, can Naomi Osaka win a big title this year? I think yet Grand Slams are basically out of question. Uh, the Harlan Roland Garros, I don't think she's going to do basically anything in that slam. She's never really played well on clay. Um, it's, it's notoriously the worst surface. She could do something at Wimbledon, but I still don't think that's her best thing. I think that, you know... It's, it's also very known that um, she's at home on hard court. She plays extremely well on hard courts. And the last person of the season is the U.S. Open, where, you know, there's plenty of good players who are extremely good on hard as well. Um, Iga Shinotek being one of them, but of course we have, like, Elena Rybakina and um, Arena Savalenka, who just won the Australian Open. Elena Rybakina, by the way, is in the Doha final right now. Uh, she looks pretty unbeatable, and even the... Her win, I mean, her loss in the Australian Open is quite shocking. So it, I would also be shocked if Rabakina would lose to Osaka or that Osaka would um, beat maybe any Igor Fiontek, um, Elena Rabakina, uh, Arena Sabalenka, Coco Goff, uh, for a uh, current uh, US Open champion. I, that is just the field is very hard. <laughs> so 
And uh, US Open, I think, is out of question. Wimbledon, uh, Roland Garros definitely do not look in reach. So I would say the Grand Slam dream, probably not in 2024. WTA 1000, I would say maybe she can reach a final. I mean, she very narrowly missed reaching a semifinal. So I think a final could happen. Um, that is, most of the, the tournaments um, are on hard course, more so the WTA 1000s are on hard course. There are 10 of them. Um, I think maybe seven or eight are on uh, on hard court. So that's, that's a pretty sizable amount. I think that she's got plenty of opportunity even up to the end of the year to reach one of those. Um, but I, I think that conservatively, even with the new rules that where um, top 30 players can only play 500 level and above, essentially, 250s are basically reserved for lower ranked players. I think the top 30 is just going to be too hungry. Uh, and the, the 500s and even in the 1000s, obviously, to, you know, play that tennis, to get those match wins, to get those points, to get that prize money. Because now the 250s are in, out of question for them. Like, they have so few opportunities in the 250s, they gotta make it count on a 500. Uh, whereas Naomi Osaka doesn't necessarily have the restriction right now. So I think she can win maybe one or two 250s this year. I think she could win a 500, uh, depending on maybe the field and how she's playing. Um, I think a thousand, I would say maybe a final is where she can maybe reach. I don't think that she's there yet to win one. Definitely 2025, I think if she keeps playing this, this level of tennis, if she keeps her mood up high, if she keeps enjoying it, I definitely think that there's nothing that um, is going to stand in her way to just like grow and just get more comfortable, get her shots in, get her returns back in place because that's a tough one to, you know, get used to the pace of that um, in, uh, in, in a match uh, scenario, of course. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I would say probably my prediction is that Osaka win at least a, what, a 250 tournament this year and breaks into at least the top 50. Um, the rest we'll have to just wait and see a little bit. Um, and she kind of still needs to face a top 10 player. I think that's going to be one of the greatest, um, barometers is kind of be like a, our mark of like, um, where is her level at? Like how well is she playing? Um, where does she need to get better? Like where, what's the, the gap between her and the top 10 right now? So, uh, it's all things that kind of need to happen still in the season to get a, get a good idea. But overall very satisfied with like how I've seen Naomi Osaka on court. I think that makes me happy that she's happy and I hope that she remains happy so that she can play good tennis and then everyone's happy because she's amazing. So there you go. And on a side note, um, the <laughs> Miller's roundage problems keep going. I think that, um, it's extremely frustrating, uh, for me, especially as a Canadian, uh, Miller's roundage, uh, is one of the best Canadian players of all time, if not, um, maybe the best I don't know maybe at least on the men's side maybe Lovranich is the best Canadian tennis player of all time Richa Karihara will number three um, reached several ATP 1000 events finals um, including in Montreal um, and he also reached the Wimbledon final I, I don't know if I've said that but anyhow she's, he's, he's amazing he's a great player he has got a big serve great forehand she, he has a, I keep saying she <laughs> He has a great tennis IQ. He knows his, his tennis better than anyone. He knows his weakness, weaknesses better than anyone. Extremely able to um, hide them. His, his mind game, his, um, his, his mental game has always been a big characteristic of Milos Raonic. Like his uh, demeanor, his um, ability to play under pressure and keep his cool. Um, all of this is still there. 
Um, of course, he's not like a great, the greatest mover. His back end seems to be better it, upon comeback, I believe. Like, it's, it's just kind of great. Like, he's been returning really well as well. Um, but the body is just not holding it. And it's so frustrating because you see that the level is there. Even the, the desire to play is there. He, he pushed Yannick Sinner to a 7-6. He got a he got a break a breakdown and then recovered one of the breaks. Um, he had, I believe, two side points on Yannick's um, serve at maybe 5-4, I believe. Uh, couldn't convert, unfortunately. But he was on the verge of stealing that set from Yannick Sinner, who has just won the Australian Open and is, for many, the best player on tour right now. Um, so this kind of just goes to show how well he is playing, but he retired from that match at one all in the second set. So it just doesn't look very good in terms of like his health. Like how uh, is he going to hold up? Is he going to be able to keep playing tennis just in general? Like he can he can win a few matches. He took out I think uh, Alexander Bublik maybe six four six four, big win. Um, He's 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 great. It's just there's absolutely nothing to complain about in terms of his tennis. It's just a matter of like extreme bad luck with like his his body and his injuries. Like it's it's just basically infuriating as a fan to be watching this happen. It's just like it's it's frustrating and a bad bet for him. It's unimaginably more frustrating. Um, so I just wish all luck to to Miller. I hope he can. Um, stabilize his body in that regard or can stay healthy. I hope this injury that he may have picked up, may or may not, is not serious, that he's going to be able to come back soon. I don't know what his next tournament is, but I hope that he's coming back and if he loses, that he loses in a tennis match and not because his body broke down, which in fact is basically what happened this season. He retired against Alexa Menor in Australia and he won two matches and rather down and then retired against Cinder. So that's the frustrating part and now he is world number 220 um can his ranking improve sure his level is definitely there i think his level is like basically top 30 just needs to not get injured and i don't even know if he has any clue how to make that happen so just basically just on a wait and see what's going to happen to Milos. I really do hope that his body just magically heals completely and just he goes complete injury free for the rest of the year. So yeah, it's basically my uh the tennis fan speaking in right now because that's it's just really a huge shame to see him struggle like that. So yeah. And how thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You should getting this one on the podcast and um I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.